Hey there, welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine. My name is Sam Okus. I'm the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Food News Media. Uh, we're doing other things a little bit different. If you're new to this podcast, uh, over the coming days and weeks, we are going to be sharing uh, many episodes every day, uh, covering all of the uh, creative ideas and solutions out there across the restaurant industry to overcoming the challenges posed by coronavirus. Uh, obviously, we're still in the thick of things. The industry is reeling. Things are are really uh, tough right now. And so what we need, especially today, is communication and information and rallying around each other to help each other really get through this crisis. Um, If you are new to this podcast, uh, I ask you to just go dig back into some of the archives, some of the interviews I've done with fast casual founders, innovators, and entrepreneurs in the past. There's lots of great conversations there that I think you'll find very valuable. Uh, But again, for the coming days and weeks, uh, we will be committing our podcast to uh, episodes on how to overcome uh, coronavirus. If you go to qsrmagazine.com, you can access all of the headlines that we have posted about coronavirus. There's 50 plus stories up at qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus. Uh, Again, that's qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus. You'll find lots of uh, resources and information that should be helpful to you as you navigate this crisis in your own brand. Um, But also, please feel free to reach out to me, sam at qsrmagazine.com, with any questions you have, or if there's anything we can do or any way we can be of resource uh, please do reach out. Or if you uh, think you have something you want to share on this podcast or somebody you know who might be able to, please um, share that with me via email as well. Right now, I'm going to share a conversation with Brandon Solano. He is the CEO of Rave Restaurant Group, which is the parent company to Pizza Inn and Pie 5 Pizza. Uh, Brandon's been around the industry for a while. He is with Domino's and then Payway. Uh, now he's at Rave. And I wanted to talk to him because he has an interesting solution to uh, really how they adjusted uh, their business model on the fly, particularly with Pizza Inn. Here's a buffet concept, which uh, right now a buffet concept is, uh, you know, just that that doesn't really work in today's environment. And, and the business model is obviously dependent on people coming together in close quarters. And uh, But he adjusted on a fly and is doing something, I think, really creative in trying to keep pizza in operating and serving food. So that's why I wanted to jump on this conversation with him. But also his perspective is really valuable. He's been in this industry for several years. Uh, he went through the thick of the Great Recession. He'll talk about a little bit later in the conversation. He was with Domino's when um, the recession was going on. And I, I just really liked his perspective on uh, where we stand today and uh, uh, how we can all get through through this together. Um, so rolling into my conversation now with a Rave Restaurant Group CEO, Brandon Solano. Brandon, tell me about the last week and a half for Rave and your two brands, Pizza Inn and Pie 5. What have the last week and a half looked like for, for those two brands? Yeah, I'll be totally honest with you, Sam. It's been hell. I mean, this, is, yeah. you know, this has not been uh, you know a fun time for you know anybody on planet Earth, to be honest. Uh, certainly yep. not uh, a fun time to be, uh, you know, in the restaurant business. Um, you know, that said, we don't see the world as we wish it was. We see the world as it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're taking the information and obviously these things are developing, you know, very, very quickly. Um, you know, so the last week and a half has been a series of, okay, you know, how do we keep people safe in, you know, dine-in to, you know, hey, restaurants are closing, dine-in's not an option. Um, and, you know, we were already contemplating and, and working on, you know, delivery and carry out and other things. So it just mm-hmm. went from, you know, how do we focus on this channel to, hey, this could be our exclusive only channel 
to some locations where we're, you know, not even, uh, you know, allowed by the local governments to operate. So it's right. been fluid. It's been, uh, you know, scary for our franchisees. You know, it's scary for our, our customers and, and, you know, everyone in the country. Um, but we're very focused on, you know, uh, you know, maintaining safety. We're very focused on, you know, finding a creative solution to, you know, ensuring that, you know, our brand uh, sustains our brand sustained through this and mm -hmm. someday it will be over, man. Okay. And someday. It yeah. will. And you know, what's the world going to look like where our consumers going to be and you know, what is pie five and pizza in going to look like uh, when it's all done. So, you know, mm. and right now we're not, we're not that focused on, you know, when it's over um, but you know, we're readying those plans as well. And none of us know how long it'll last. So, you know, pretty much uh, you know, we're, you know, trying to do everything all at once. We're, we're busy and, you know, the team is, is working their tails off. I'm super proud of them. Yeah. You know, your, your position as a CEO, obviously there's this, this uh, responsibility of being a leader. And I think so much of right now is comes down to communication and you have so many stakeholders you have to communicate with. You have your franchisees, you have your, your, you know, your C-suite folks at headquarters, you have store level employees. What is, what is the message you're trying to send everybody? What does that communication strategy look like? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we have, uh, and I think it's a little bit different than everybody else out there is, you know, we have tried to not over communicate. So we have yeah. not uh, been communicating to our customers, believe it or not. Um, hmm. And, you know, when our customers come in uh, to our restaurants, uh, they visibly see, you know, differences. We have people, you know, cleaning and, you know, we have uh, signage up and, and we've made some operational uh, changes, particularly to the Pizza Inn brand, which is a buffet brand at its heart. Um, mm -hmm. a particularly challenging time to, to run a buffet. Um, but, you know, we have been, you know, kind of all over all the details and, um, you know, we, uh, we, we just have to find a way to, to continue to make our guests feel comfortable without scaring them. You know, I mean, everybody's mm. communicating, you know, I, I got a note from my, you know, internet provider about, you know, I mean, I, I don't know my internet, provider. you know, like, Hey, here's what's doing the coronavirus. Like I got a, my email box was jammed. Everybody wants to appear proactive. I think it's, you know, the communications manager at XYZ company says, Hey man, I should get a note out too. And it just mm. feels like, it feels like overkill to me. And I may be alone in that. Um, or, you know, that may be not terribly popular right now, but, you know, I think it's, it's a little overwhelming to consumers and mm -hmm. you know, I, I really don't care what's going on at, at, you know, my internet uh, service provider. Um, now, you know, I, I do care about what's happening, you know, at the grocery store. You know, I do care about, yeah. you know, am, am I going to have access? Are restaurants in my neighborhood going to close? You know, kind of things like that. So we're, we're focused on kind of exterior signage, uh, making sure people know that we're open um, and that we're visible in our dining rooms and, you know, have improved procedures. Uh, we went through about three procedures on Pizza Inn in the last, you know, 10 days from, yeah. hey, you know, let's, uh, you know, we have a buffet, so you have to touch, you know, the uh, the serving utensils everybody's using. So we went to crew serve. So come on up to the buffet. We'll we'll serve. Um, we've also given each individual customer their own spatula to get their pizza off the buffet. And then huh. you know many of them, you know, and then and then you know we kind of put them in uh, in the dish, the dirty dishes when we're done. Um, and you know some of some of them have closed, um, and we've closed buffets in some uh, some areas. So. Um, you know, our communication has really been uh, to, to not 
you know, overly scare folks and it's scary. Okay. For sure. But yeah. also for our franchise community, you know, just to keep them focused. And the one word I've used with them a lot is steady, you mm. know, be steady. Let's, let's make it through today. Let's make it through this week. Let's make it through this month. And, you know, we'll see where we come out on the other side, but, you know, mm. being and losing our head or, or, you know, um, you know, being kind of consumed by fear or hopelessness is not the American way. It's not what will mm -hmm. get us out of this. It's not what got us out of the global financial crisis in 08 or any of the other, you know, shocks and black swan events that, you know, uh, you know, business has endured over the decades. Yeah. I, it's interesting. I think, you know, right now, obviously sales have just really tanked at restaurants and, um, you know, the data shows that, uh, consumers are, I don't want to say scared of restaurants, but there's a, a bit of a, a trust issue, I think, right now where consumers are suspicious maybe of restaurants because of they fear that there is a risk of getting sick. They don't know what restaurants are doing to ensure their safety. And the data shows that especially older generations, I think, have this um, sort of aversion to restaurants at the moment. But, you know, is there is there a trust issue here? Because, you know, talking about how you communicate to your consumers, some of that's just a matter of reassuring them and building some trust. What, what can you do to assure them that what you're doing is going to keep them safe? Yeah, I haven't seen anything in the data that shows that people are kind of more afraid of, of you know, restaurants than a lot of other places. In, in some mm. of the data, it says that, um, you know, I think buffets are particularly challenged uh, for us on the pizza inside. But, you know, we also have plans to, to kind of, um, you know, regain that confidence and changing procedures to make people feel safe. And I think visibility in the dining room is critical. You know, put another person, put an extra person on on staff to clean and wipe down door handles. And, you know, uh, I think, you know, I've been out in restaurants, uh, our own and, and others um, to kind of see what's happening. And some places are doing that and some aren't. And I personally and have talked to many folks who feel safer kind of seeing that sort of uh you know, kind of visible presence of, of kind of cleaning and precaution, but consumers mm -hmm. are, are, yeah, they're, they're, you know, concerned about their safety in restaurants, but they are everywhere. I mean, you know, the term social distancing, which, you know, I just hate because I really, you know, my kind of worldview is I want to see people connected and, and brought together, you know, in community. I, I love community tables and, you know, kind of where the restaurant space was headed and, you know, kind mm -hmm. of where, where and how does, uh, you know, does this change everything? But, you know, people are afraid of the airport, obviously. Uh, people are afraid mm. of the grocery store. You know, they're afraid of their neighbor's house. They're afraid of their neighbor. So I don't, you know, I don't know that, um, you know, restaurants are facing a, a challenge necessarily that just about every other industry is, is you know, immune from. I think we're all mm -hmm. in it together. There are specific things that the restaurant industry can do to regain that confidence. And I've, I've covered some of that. But, um you know, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of work to get back, uh, kind of the trust uh, broadly across all industries. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think we will absolutely do our part uh, as part of the restaurant industry. Well, you know, look, people people need to eat, right? I mean, I think it's interesting when you talk about some of the industries that are suffering right now. Of course, airlines, you know, are suffering because, I mean, you know, all of my travel got cut. People aren't going on trips right now. Hotels are suffering because people aren't traveling. But people do need to eat. I mean, there's 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 comfort in that, at least, right? I mean, do you find comfort in that, that people, uh, hopefully, if we can maybe turn a curve in the trust issue, people will find solace in restaurants because they do still need to eat you know, have three meals a day. 
You know what, Sam, I, I think you're uh, spot on with that. You know, people have trusted their restaurants for years, right? They have their favorites, they have their go-tos, uh, you know, they have their special uh, occasions. Um, but the restaurant industry is an essential part of the U.S. food supply. I mean, mm -hmm. before, before this calamity, you know, half of every dollar uh, spent on food in the U.S. was spent away from home. You know, we are, right. you know, we're serving half of the, the food that is consumed in this country. We are part of the backbone of, you know, the food supply chain. Um, in fact, the government has labeled restaurant employees uh, essential, um, you know, like doctors and nurses. We have to feed people. And, you know, I don't know if you've been to the grocery store lately, but, you know, first it was toilet paper and, you know, then it was beans and rice. And, you know, now there's a lot of other things that are running short. Um, yeah. The restaurant industry is going to be here. You know, there are some restaurants that are closing. Hey, you know, we're going to take a two week hiatus. Um, one of my former employers just did that. And, mm. uh, you know, I, I hate that for their employees. I hate that for the communities that they serve. Pizza Inn and Pie Five are going to be open uh, as long as, you know, the, the local municipalities allow us to be open. We're going to open safely and, you know, we're going to take care of our, our guests and our employees. But, you know, the restaurant industry, it's not sexy. You know, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you know, this industry. You know, there's a lot, it, it's a lot sexier to, you know, be a, an investment banker or a lawyer. And a lot of us chose to be restaurant operators. Sure. Um, and, you know, that, I think that speaks to who we are. You know, we like serving, you know, we have grit, we're resilient as hell. And, you know, of, of all of the industries and all the things going on, I'll bet on the restaurant industry. Okay. We're creative, yeah. we're, we're resilient and we are relentless. And I think, you know, that speaks a lot to the human race and also, you know, Americans. Um, we're yeah. not going to let this thing beat us. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You know, getting into sort of, you know, nuts and bolts of the restaurant industry for a little bit, this is such a small profit margin business. And, you know, we're seeing sales, sounds like on average sales have gone down like something like 45 to 50%. It's a little better at QSR Fast Casual. Um, but, you know, when when sales are down that much, I mean, it eliminates profit margin. And obviously, you talked about a, a restaurant that has decided to, to close its doors temporarily. There's going to be a lot more closures. But can you Tell me, as somebody who's been in this industry a while and has, you know, seen P and L sheets and, and understands a lot of this, how can restaurants stay open? How are they going to turn keep their lights on if sales are down so bad? Yeah, I will tell you, nobody's going to be making money. In fact, they're going to be losing money. So, a strong balance sheet is essential, right? Having yeah. cash on hand is essential, and you know, because you've we operate on thin margins, we have you know in the industry operators that don't have strong balance sheets, and you know they're certainly at risk. I know that there's a, you know, a third uh, stimulus bill that's, you know, being worked on the Hill. Um, you know, the National Restaurant Association has, you know, drafted proposals uh, for the House, uh, you know, to, uh, to contemplate, you know, that includes loans, you know, unemployment insurance. I'm super worried about, you know, I I'm less worried about CEOs and C-suite folks. I'm worried about, you know, the folks who are, you know, making 10 bucks an hour in restaurants across the country who don't have uh, a, a big you know, kind of personal nest egg, um, mm -hmm. those people are at risk and, and those are our people. Those are our employees and our neighbors. And, you know, we, we have to, uh, you know, do more for them. And I know that, that Congress will act, but, you know, fed, uh, federally backed business interruption insurance. Um, I think importantly, deferral of rents and tax obligations is critical. Um, mm. and they're also discussing a payroll tax cut, uh, for employees. So, 
Um, I know that, uh, you know, the house is going to, going to take it up. I know that, you know, the national restaurant association is, you know, working hard to, to do the right thing, not just for the restaurant industry, but for, you know, the communities they serve and half the food supply that we serve. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, I will tell you, I think, you know, it's, it's going to be a team effort, you know, including government. Um, and you know, that's, uh, you know, that I think is kind of indicative of the state of affairs. Yeah. 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 You, you mentioned earlier the, uh, new curbside buffet that pizza Inn is doing. I think it's really interesting how in this day and age, you know, we're, we're sort of better prepared for something like this than ever before because of the rise in off premises recently. Um, and you know, for Pi five, that was probably a lot more of an easy transition because Pi 5 was doing more of the off-premises thing. Pizza Inn, obviously, you're having to learn on the fly and adjust. Can you tell me a little bit about sort of what you've learned on in the off-premises business with one brand that's doing it already and one brand you're kind of having to adjust to that? What, what are some of those lessons in off-premises that you're learning through all this? Yeah, I think it's so much about being prepared before something like this happens. So, you know, do you have a strong mm-hmm. balance sheet? Is your technology up to date? You're going to be in better uh, shape to weather this. Um, you know, Pi Five is you know a newer brand. It has a full point of sale system. Um, Pizza Inn does not have a unified point of sale system. Um, mm. We are behind in technology. Uh, I've, I'll tell you what I've learned is I'm super happy that I hired Douglas Kwong to be the vice president of marketing for Rave. He's a digital mm. marketer. You know, he's been on for a few months. Um, and one of the first things he did was, you know, we're addressing technology, particularly on the Pizza Inside, and we signed a deal with DoorDash. Um, and so we've been encouraging for the last few months, uh, you know, technology transformation and most recently a DoorDash deal that we signed a few weeks ago. Um, and so we have an ability to get, uh, you know, a majority of our pizza in buffets up on DoorDash. Now, we, we're a rather rural brand, uh, Sam. Mm-hmm. Not all of our stores have uh, coverage from these third party, uh, you know, delivery providers. Um, but, you know, we are right now ramping up. Uh, pizza in on DoorDash and, you know, we're in conversations with some of the other DSPs, um, but we didn't have that option. And I think if we tried to go do it today, you know, I bet DoorDash's phone is ringing off the hook for folks who are, you know, kind of haven't, you know, kind of uh, modernized uh, in that way. Uh, we right. started doing that months ago and I'm super grateful to to Doug Huang and and the team at, uh, at Rave uh, Marketing for being all over it. So, you know, we're encouraging our franchisees, our franchisees are not, uh, you know, they're, they're not that tech savvy. Um, and we don't have the infrastructure, but we have been, you know, maniacally working on it the past few months. And I will tell you that effort was timely. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of trust you have to have in your in, in external partners, too, which is really interesting in all this, because I think the relationship between the third party delivery services and, uh, and restaurant companies was maybe tenuous and and now it's like they have to really rely on each other to get through this so i mean are you in do you feel like you're investing in partnerships or maybe approaching these partnerships in a different way to make sure that everybody has each other's best interests at heart yeah you know what i um and i heard some of that from franchisees you know you've all seen the delivery service provider sipping on somebody's drink with their doorbell can you know that, that yeah. kind of stuff is, you know, goes viral and is interesting to us, but it's an anomaly. I think that, you know, uh, DoorDash and, you know, the other delivery service providers do an excellent job. Um, and, you know, they, they deliver, you know, you know, thousands and, and hundreds of thousands of meals. Um, so they don't get it right every time. 
And by the way, neither do restaurant operators. So I think, you know, I think my opinion, listen, the fees are high and, you know, it's, it's difficult, but they've really responded. Uh, you know, uh, I know that DoorDash has, has reduced or eliminated uh, carryout fees. You know, that costs them almost nothing. It's not part of their, you know, really their expense model. Um, I think that's super generous of them. I think that's part of, you know, kind of giving and, and being part of the, the, the collective solve here. So, you know, I just, um, I, I'm just glad that, that we've got an outlet for it because, you know, Pizza Inn's a buffet brand. And, you know, up until, uh, you know, recently, we really didn't have ac- access to, you know, broad uh, delivery. We had a few stores that delivered here and there, but, you know, nothing systematic. And we've got that okay. up. It's set up. They're signing up now. And, you know, they are pivoting on a dime to make sure that, you know, they can keep their doors open and serve their their communities. Yeah. Brandon, last question for you. I've been asking folks to offer maybe a bit of uh, wisdom or encouragement to listeners. Obviously, this is a scary time, uncertain time. Um, restaurants are really taking it on the chin. But what bit of encouragement can you provide for folks as we get through this season? Yeah, I'm going to give you uh, uh, an example. So yeah. I joined Domino's in January of 2008. It was mm-hmm. the height of a global financial crisis. Bear Stearns failed. Lehman failed. Credit crunch. Um, you know, there was a liquidity crisis. It was really ugly. Uh, I was there. Domino's stock fell to three bucks. And Patrick Doyle called me into his office. <laughs> and, you know, yep. he, was, uh, he was the new president. And I was new there. And we had 2,000 stores losing money. I mean, it was mm. ugly, man. It was ugly. And yeah. Domino's stock price fell to three bucks. And, you know, he called me in and he said, man, the market thinks we're going out of business. Um, you know, they think we have a liquidity issue. And, and you know, the market doesn't always get it right. Um, and the stock fell to three bucks. And today, Domino's trades at over 300. So, yeah. you know, that was a good 10 years ago. And, you know, it looked like the world was coming to an end and franchisees were scared and consumers were scared. And, you know, the, the team at Domino's is a tough and resilient bunch and the, the franchisees are and American consumers are. And so what I will tell you is, you know, we've seen a lot of things and they seem like it's the first time ever. And, you know, um, you know, maybe this is, you know, the end of the world. Uh, we know that's not true. We can let fear get the better of us, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, we had a lot of stores, you know, back in 08 at Domino's 2000 that were losing money. If we close them all, you know, Domino's would be a 3000 unit chain. Instead they weathered it. You know, they stayed open today and tomorrow and this week, and they made it for a month and they made it for six months. And then we implemented a turnaround and, you know, now that stock is worth a hundred times what it was. Uh, in the middle of that calamity. Now, I'm not focused yeah. on share price. I want to be clear on that. I am focused on mm-hmm. my restaurants, on my employees, and servicing the communities that that you know we live in. It's just an example, and I think you know taking a look at a stock valuation is a good indication of the performance of the business. So, you know, there will be brighter days ahead. There will be a shakeout for sure. There will be stores that close that don't open. But you know what I would suggest to the industry. And, and I've already suggested to uh, my franchisees on calls yesterday and already this morning is we're going to stay open and we're going to make it today and we're going to make it tomorrow and we'll make it this week and we'll put a month behind us and two and three and six. And, mm-hmm. you know, when that's over, you know, consumers will uh, come out of this. Things may be different, but, you know, we will weather this and we will thrive 
because that's what we do. Yeah, that's good. That's encouraging. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, you got it. All right. Appreciate you and uh, be healthy. And uh, thanks again for your time. All right. Best of luck. Take care, Sam. Thank you. You too.